Hey, welcome back. Her Business Radio, episode nine, powered by Everlast. Go to www.everlastboxing.com for all your Everlast gear, the choice of champions. Not unlike the Matador himself, Jade Mitchell. Jade, how's things? Yeah, things are good, Mickey. Uh, training camp is well underway for uh, my fight with Kerry Foley. So uh, I'm putting my Everlast gear through its paces as we speak. But uh, yeah, it's a great week in boxing. So, uh, looking forward to talking all about it. Yep. Ben, Manny Pacquiao turning back the clock. Yeah, yeah. An amazing uh, day, wasn't it? Uh, having a look at Manny Pacquiao live from Malaysia. Of course, it was just over a year ago that he came to Australia and uh, took on Jeff Horn and got battered and bullied. And then everyone said, oh, it's just a shadow that he's fighting. It's uh, the ghost of Manny Pacquiao. So don't read too much into Jeff Horn. But then we saw uh, yesterday, one year on, when he absolutely destroyed Lucas Matisse, that uh, we were very right to be celebrating what Horn did in Brisbane because Pacquiao, at age 39, he looked uh, a vintage version of the great Pac-Man. He dropped him three times, had him stopped in round number seven. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it really gives you some buoyancy, not only towards maybe they do it again, Horn and Pacquiao. Maybe there is an appetite for a rematch now. But also, Jeff Horn, aside from the blip against the great Terence Crawford, um, well, maybe he's still in the mix here. 100%. Pac- Pac-Man looked awesome yesterday. Lit him up. And why, why not? Mm. Every, everyone else who's, who's got a win over a great always gets, the, uh, always gets the rematch and even the rubber match. But um, it just, um, it, gee, it'd be great if we could get him back over here again or, or if Jeff could um, head over to the, to the Philippines. It'd be huge, absolutely massive. It's the biggest fight for Horn, I, I say. Given that Horn doesn't have a belt, though, would it be hard for him to to get that fight? Given that Pacquiao has expressed that he's not too keen on that rematch. Well, he's obviously not keen on the rematch because of the way that things went down the first time around. You can understand that, but maybe he gets that confidence now after doing what he did against Lucas Matisse. Maybe he says, "All right, let's just go to the highest bidder, and if that happens to be Jeff Horn, then let's do it." And um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Duco would be pretty keen to put that on in Brisbane again. I, I actually um, exchanged some messages with Dean Lonigan yesterday about whether it was plausible and um, gave him my thoughts that maybe it could be even bigger than the first time around because when you think back, no one really knew, even in Australia, too much about Jeff Horn. Everyone went along really to see Manny Pacquiao in action. This time, they'd be going to see Manny Pacquiao and a man who's become a local legend and a superstar in Jeff Horn in Queensland. So... Maybe they could make it uh, an even greater spectacle than the first time. Or you mentioned, do they go to the Philippines and do it? Do they do it somewhere else around the world? Well, they're all op- all options for sure. But I think what will ultimately happen is that Pacquiao and his camp will be looking for the highest bidder. Uh, obviously, Top Rank and Bob Aaron be very keen for that to be a Lomachenko fight in the US. But uh, Eddie Hearn has Amir Khan now, and he'll be very keen to get Manny Pacquiao over to the UK. I think those are the two most likely options and Horn probably uh, just around them with some sort of a chance. And obviously that's the one that we hope takes place. Yeah. And there was, I don't know, I heard on Twitter, there was a rumor circulating that he owes money, tax money in the US back from the Mayweather fight. So that's why he didn't have his last fight there. So if that's true, then it's even more likely because He'll be looking for a fight outside the US. Have you guys heard anything about that? I've obviously read the um, the articles, but I, yeah, I'm not sure about the tax situation. But it does always, as we've said before, Manny Pacquiao's fights um, 
tend to have a lot of um, issues in the lead up to them. He's obviously um, he's steered around by Michael Conts, who uh, is solely interested in the financial aspects of things. That's why they ended up in Malaysia for this fight with Lucas Matisse. And um, as it turned out, even with him dumping Freddie Roach for this fight and everything that went on around it, uh, it all worked out. So Michael Conts um, is not the uh, slickest of operators, no doubt, but um, what he's done this time has worked. And whether they can go back to the US, I'm not sure, but um, they're more than welcome back here. Otherwise, they've always talked about this Philippines fight and, well, Jeff Horn is public enemy number one there, it would seem, if you read into the comments section of any post on the uh, internet ever. They're brutal. Oh, they're absolutely shocking. Don't they love him? But uh, as far as... I wouldn't have a clue what uh, my situation is with tax, let alone back hours, Mickey. So, you know, oh. I got you covered, mate. It's all good. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's a shoebox things, effect. Things, things are looking good. No worries. Beauty, yeah, you'll be beauty. fine. But um, yeah, biggest, biggest, biggest fight possible for um, for Jeff, I reckon. And the only thing, the only thing, is just the whole money thing. The highest bidder. How can we compete with the 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 money that Eddie Hearn would be able to? throw around to get Amir Khan versus Pacquiao in the UK. That would be a massive fight over there. Yeah, that's right. They, they're going to have to um, believe it's going to be bigger than the first one in yeah. order to make a bid that is anywhere resembling what Hearn and Khan will, you would think. Um, and they seem to be very well yeah. placed for it. Um, and, and there's been so much talk before about Amir Khan fighting against yeah. Manny Pacquiao. It very nearly got yeah. done once before. and Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. Former gym mates, plenty of rounds together as well. But, um, for, yeah, for mine, that definitely looks like the most likely scenario. But um, hopefully our boy Horn doesn't miss out. But, um, yeah, you would think it, that's where it's going to go. There's a plenty on um, social media yesterday, uh, immediately after the fight. Uh, I stirred the pot a little bit on Twitter and then uh, plenty came back saying, oh, no, this version of Manny Pacquiao knocks out Jeff Horn. You're like, well, hang on a second. What? A year ago... Jeff Horn bullied Manny Pacquiao. Now he's older than he was then. So is he a shadow or was he off then or did he just not try? What What are you trying to say? Like that, at some point or another, you've Jeez. got to say, all right, Horn beat Pacquiao and Horn beat and uh, Pacquiao beat Matisse. And, and that's all that happened. Just give the guy his credit for fuck's sake. Like it just, it does your head in. Like your styles make bites. And if you look, look at the two fighters in the ring yesterday. Matisse was no bigger than Pacquiao. You look at Pacquiao and Horn, and Horn's a bigger, more physical man than Pacquiao. That's how he was able to stifle stifle his work. Matisse sort of just got lost in the crossfire, uh, just got lost in the barrages from from Pacquiao. And with that with that movement, how he darts in, darts in, darts out, darts in. Whereas Horn was able to stifle. He's just a bigger, stronger man and rugged, tough, tough dude. And that's. That's how he bullied and beat him the first time. You give the guy his credit. Um, it just everyone's just sort of, I don't know, just brushing horns win over Pacquiao under the mat, and it's it's it does my head in. Just the amount of negative shit that Horn cops for that win when he should be getting props for it. Yeah, he's doing all right though. Jeff, I don't think he worries too much about it nowadays. I know he did let the social media stuff get to him a little bit in the wake of the Manny Pacquiao fight, but I think he's sort of. Um, grown to understand the nature of social media now and he just sort of brushes it off. So uh, <laughs> I saw yesterday that um, he said, all right, let's do the rematch. Um, I think it was on his Instagram and um, he's, he's keen for it and why not? And yeah, you never know. It's um, 
it, it wouldn't be any stranger than it happening the first time around, that's for sure. So they've shown they can do it. Mm. Why not try and do it again? I hope that they do. Do you think Lonigan would be willing to go to the Philippines? Um, well, it would completely depend on what sort of a deal could be done in a promotional sense over there and where Aram fits into it, where Michael Contz and uh, Manny Pacquiao promotions fit into it and what they can do TV-wise. I'd imagine that on the face of it, they would be willing to go anywhere for the fight if the money was right. Um, I don't think that's a concern, but um, it, it has proved to be a very difficult thing to do previously to make a Manny Pacquiao fight in the Philippines. So um, I'm not 100% convinced it can be done. Well, he's definitely got a lot of options now. And oh, you yeah. know, some people, now that he's got the WBA regular, Keith Thurman is the WBA super. There's even... Yep. No, yeah. no, 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 hang on. He he was a super champion. He was crowned super champion yesterday. That was the belt that he got. Is Keith Thurman the champion in recess because he's inactive? Or what, what, what went on there? He's not just the regular champion. That was for the super championship. Right. My understanding was that it was the regular title. I didn't hear that there was... Matisse, Matisse was the regular champion, yep. but yesterday he was awarded the super champion belt. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I thought that Thurman was the I, I, man. Yeah. So that means Thurman has no belt then because he was stripped of the WBC. Well, you, you never know yeah. because maybe maybe they've just created an extra one. Uh, they do like to do that, uh, the good people at the or, WBA. I'm it makes it like really four sure. people and... Or he, or he's champion in recess, so when Keith Thurman is ready to come back, he has to pull the trigger and fight Pacquiao to regain the world championship. Right. Okay. Well, it's uh, I think it's, it's I, I, I wasn't able to, and uh, obviously there are issues around regular titles in themselves. But uh, in the modern day, uh, those who try and say, "Oh, that's not a world title that he won yesterday," sorry, but um, time has passed you by. Unfortunately, it is a world title nowadays, and. Manny Pacquiao is a world champion. Whether he's a super champion or a regular champion with the WBA, that's just how it works at the moment. Good old days. Um, our boy George Cambosis as well on the undercard. Did you boys catch that one? I don't think it was televised. Well, I don't think you could catch it. Um, but it, it, there were some images on um, on social media, uh, which I, I, watched, I saw. I watched it. Um, it was sort of the, – the view was hard uh, to, to – well, it was terrible footage, but it was um, – Fortune's Instagram page. Perfect. Well, that's where you want to watch um, your big fights. <laughs> um, people complain about streaming and uh, pay-per-views, but uh, if you can watch it on Justin Fortune's Instagram, then uh, I think that's the best place for it. Uh, it was behind. The, it was behind one of the uh, was corner, behind corner a corner, corner. and it was behind the corner where the eventual, what I think may have been the eventual knockout. Punch was it, or or, or oh, at no, least a no, knockdown? No, you, no, you saw you saw, you saw it. You saw the finish. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, good. But no, George, George, um, George is completely outgunned the smaller opponent, who, as we all know, has campaigned as a as a bantam. But um, it's good to see him on on the big stage there, and just get the camp with Pacquiao. It's I'm just interested in seeing where George goes to from here. I um I think the sky's the limit with. With George, with how um, how he's going along so far and how young the guy is. Yeah, it did look a, a thoroughly, well, exactly as dominant a performance as you would have expected against um, a guy who had only had one fight in four years or so and is largely a super bantamweight. Um, but, uh, yeah, going on to the big stage and um, uh, 
and impressing like that is exactly what he needs to do. It will be interesting to see what happens from here, whether they do step him up, whether there is um, an immediate plan uh, for where he's heading to from here. No doubt all that sparring with Manny Pacquiao will have done him a world of good and um, they've obviously got a, a good relationship now. Um, so, yeah, yeah, very interested to see what will happen. Um, but ideally, we do see him in against some stronger opponents uh, pretty soon to show exactly what he can do. Yeah, well, I mean, he's only had 15 fights, so I'd like to see him be stepped up, but gradually rather than kind of throwing in there oh, with sure. some. Well, they're going very, very gradually at the moment, uh, no doubt about that. Um, I, I sort of saw bits and pieces, as I said, from social media, but um, uh, Brock Ellis was telling me yesterday from Oz Boxing that um, he did take a few shots, uh, a few left hooks from um, his opponent, uh, Magboo during uh, the first round. So maybe, you know, they are just trying to work on a few things defensively with him before they do step him up and just seeing how he does go because obviously he doesn't want to be eating um, left hooks in the first round against a stronger quality of opponent. But uh, offensively, uh, from what I saw yesterday, he was uh, very, very good. I think I think what the what the deal was is he just didn't respect Magbill at all. This this wasn't a fight that has been planned or in in the making for a long time. He just got the opportunity to fight on the undercard, from what I believe. Um, from the outside looking in, it's sort of it's frustrating because I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of um, Cambosis, but it's frustrating. But that it doesn't seem it, from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like there is a plan going forward. He's training along Pacquiao, which is awesome. It'd just be, I don't know, it'd just be good to know what, what they've got in store for him, where they plan on taking him from here because it just doesn't seem like there's anything in place. Do you, do you know of any anything, Ben? Or No, I, I haven't. Um, yeah, you, you're exactly right with regards to this just being an opportunity to fight on the undercard, which ended up being the overcard, I, I guess, because he fought after the main event, <laughs> after pretty much everyone had left. Um, but, yeah, I, I haven't heard, and it would be good to know what they are thinking if they do have thoughts, but it does feel like they're just letting him get his numbers up and find his way and and work through what they see as some kinks um, before they do step him up. And it's obviously an extremely competitive division. So, um, yeah, I I, I think we'll just have to wait and see because I don't think George himself is is really aware of of where they're thinking. It's just fight by fight at the moment by the looks. It would be good if we can get... You know, a good undercard fight in the US. He, his personality and his brashness, I think, is a good sort of trait to have in the US and can be successful over there. So if you can get on a big show and be on a you know, televised card, that could be good for him just while he builds up his profile, while he does build up his his skills and everything. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Um, and obviously, Lou Bella is the one who is promoting him at the moment in the United States. Um, there was some discussion about him having some fights back in Australia while this deal was still in place, but um, that has obviously not uh, taken place. There, there was early on some talk he would be on the Billy Dib Tevin Farmer undercard, but um, obviously that is not going to be happening now because that's August 3, so pretty close. Um, yeah, it would be good if he could find his way onto some undercards of some of those big shows. But then, you know, Ludabella's got his own boxing series that he obviously wants to promote the um, what he sees as his second tier of, of fighters, uh, where Cambosis does fit at the moment. Um, 
and hopefully uh, he, he eventually puts him up and, and finds his way into those uh, bigger shows. So that would make a lot of sense, no doubt, Nicky, that sort of exposure. The only, thing, the only thing that worries me yeah. about our boys being abroad like that is, yeah, he's getting these fill-in fights, which is all well and good, but is what, what's their plan? Are they going to invest in? Are they going to invest in him? Are they going to give him the right fights on, on the way up, or is he just going to be fed these guys, build the numbers up, and then he's going to be just chucked in the deep end, and they're going to feed him to to one of their guys that they actually have invested in. They have bought them up, bought them up um, far far more gradual, and at fought at a higher level throughout. So that's I don't know. It's just. It always worries me about going uh, about um, our guys going over there and trying to do it that way, do it the hard way. If you can get like a decent B level fight with a, a recognizable name that's not too dangerous, you know, who knows? Bring him over to Australia, but impress enough yeah. to make them think, okay, maybe we should start are, investing in him. Are they going to do him that favor? But are they going to do that for him? I, that's that's that remains to be seen. It's 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 all about. Um, it's all about being able to afford those opponents that are going to bridge you, um, bridge the gap between the level he's at now and becoming world champion because that's, that's George's potential. But is he going to be given the right um, – is he going to be guided along correctly by these guys or are they going to feed him, feed him to the shark, so to speak? Yeah, well, those are obviously the concerns and you need to have the right people around you. Um, certainly at times, George probably has not. Um, we hope that he does at the moment because he shows inside the ring that he has all the oh, potential in the world. So uh, fingers crossed. But it would have been a big day for you, uh, Jade, yesterday, no doubt, because um, you've had your eyes on Tyron Zuge Zuge for quite some time and yesterday um, he lost his version of the world title against Rocky Fielding. You would have been up early watching, no doubt, and um, just thinking about what might be next. Um, su- no, mate. Sunday, no, I was, I was hungover. No, no, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just still out. Uh, um, no, I, I still haven't watched it yet. Um, but I've, I've, I've read That's about good. it and um, by the sounds of things... Zoiga, Zuge, Zuge. Well, Zoiga, they're going really strongly with Zoiga now, but we may not have to worry so much uh, anymore about Thank this if he's lost his world title. There may be a rematch, though. Thank Christ. So maybe we do. I definitely exercise that, that rematch clause, though, you'd, you'd think. He was beaten pretty comprehensively. Well, yes, but I think, like, looking at the performance, and I did watch the fight, um, it was one of those ones where you go, there's got to be something wrong here. Like, he just did not look himself. He came out of the gates, which he doesn't usually do, and just really um, pushed the pressure onto Rocky Fielding, who obviously is a lot taller than him. Rocky Fielding just covered up pretty much for the first three rounds, and then about halfway through round four, um, Zoiga, and I'm going with that from now on, just seemed to completely run out of puff. And then he was taking some shots, um, and every single shot that he took, seemed to really, really hurt him. And then by round five, he got dropped. Um, he, he got he took a good shot on the inside, um, was wobbled, and then took a couple more and one to the body, went down. And straight away, they pretty much raised the towel and, and eventually threw it in. They didn't even give it an opportunity to beat the count. So you do get the impression that between rounds, they knew that he was pretty much gone. So it was an uncharacteristically poor performance, and he did not, did not look like someone who had had a uh, particularly good preparation. So I, I don't know if that case has been made yet, but that's um, from looking 
uh, that that's just how it appeared. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to still go with Zugay because I like that one better. But um, it's just yeah, it's just odd that uh, someone holding a, a version of the world title after five rounds, from what I read, it sounded like he just gassed. A little champion yeah. gassing. But then obviously, yeah, you, you're obviously reluctant to say that you know he was bad rather than the other guy was good, and you have to give credit to Rocky Fielding because um, – you know he's he's a big oh, long dude and um, he he, he punches sh- quite well and there's obviously some question marks around um, his chin early after what happened against Calum Smith and those sorts of things but he um, he did exactly the right thing against a guy who was clearly there to charge and try and get it done early and um, failed to do so mm-hmm. so yeah um, it was that, a, an interesting that particular one. <clears throat> version of the world title has been pretty soft for a few years now you've had Vincent Figenmutz who've had Di Caroli. And Zuga, Zugay, Zuj, now fielding. But that Zuga. that particular version of the world Zuga, that particular version of the world title has been one of the easiest. Ti- it's just been sitting there waiting for someone to come along and take it. And um, it's it has had some pretty poor world champions recently. And fielding, fielding's really shown some power. He stopped Brophy in one round, and now he's stopped him. It'll be interesting to see what's next for him. Maybe Jade Mitchell. Well, maybe could could that uh, could that work? Um, yeah, fucking oath. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. If you're listening, I think he's with um, MTK uh, Rocky Fielding. So yeah, if you are listening, uh, any of the representatives thereof, yeah. Mike Altamura could be listening. Who knows? Um, yeah. Well, would you fly over to the UK, Jade? No, nah, he'd have to come find me at the pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the pavilion's not available, you get, you get, if the pavilion's not available, we'll, we'll definitely we'll have to do it in um, in the UK for okay. sure. There's a wedding booked that night at the pavilion, so you <laughs> okay. might have to Maybe go. I'll give Paul Nasari a call. Maybe we could um, we could do, do it at punch bowl. punch bowl. That'd be great. That'd yeah. Be great. Okay. Well, I'll um, I'll look into that for you because um, for great place, punch bowl, the Croatian club. Difficult times for them though. The last 24 hours. Oh, man. Yeah, with Croatia going down. That's right, yes. But, but go um, on, keep going, as you were. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, Rocky Fielding, if you're listening, give me a call instead. Um, well, I know you haven't looked at um, this fight as yet, but what do you make of Rocky Fielding? He, he seems to be, well, obviously, he's big, tall fella and very long. Um, yeah, Rock, think, Rocky Fielding, Count Smith, those guys, like, they're, they're, they're hard work. Like, I would love to have that body type just to be able to keep people on the outside of your arms. Like, they're such big dudes for super middleweights. Um, mm. I Rocky Fielding hadn't really been on the radar until now, so I've only seen highlights of Rocky, and he really does put them together. If you stand in front of him, um, like a lot of the top dudes in the super middleweight division, you stand in front of them, yeah, you're in for um, you're in for a hard night at the office. Um, I we saw he got starched as well by um, by Smith, but for for mine, he just seems to put his shots together really, really well. I, and I haven't seen him fight anyone stylistically who who does move and how he how he chase someone down because that's that's my whole game. As far as super middleweights going, if, if you're asking me how I, how I, what I think of him and how I would match up with Rocky Fielding, mm. I have not watched enough of him. But of course, that's exactly what I'll be doing as soon as we finish today. Okay, and I'll put it out there. Good. 
that uh, I'm coming for him. <laughs> I think you've got a common opponent uh, in Istvan Zeller as well. Have we? Yeah. Oh, this fun. What did Rocky? What did Rocky get him out of there? In? Second round. I think you were just slightly longer, but um, slightly longer. Yours was a KO, though. Yeah, one was a KO. It was. Yeah, he's just a TKO, so you can, you can. Yeah, there we go. You can use that. I think. And, I think uh, Istvan Zeller's fought every everyone in the super middleweight division. Well, legally, you have to fight him yeah. if you want to fight. <laughs> it's, uh, if you want to be a super middleweight, you have to fight Istvan yeah. Zeller. Yeah, like. There's no way around it, I'm afraid. He's fought, so. Well, he's fought Zach Dunn. He's fought Bilal. He went the distance with Bilal. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, well, you just mentioned Bilal. He had a fight booked, which is now not on. He had a, We discussed that he had a TBA for the end of July. Um, that fight has been pulled. Um, is that is that card still happening? Because wasn't Lucas Brown meant to be on that card yeah. too? And got- yeah, the card is still happening. Um, but yes, obviously there's um, there's been a few um, withdrawals. So it's been a stressful one. Um, you mentioned Paul Nazari before. Yeah, I think it's been a stressful one for Paul Nazari. Um, my understanding is that the Akaway camp um, have just decided to uh, go a different way in terms of an opponent and a preparation. So yeah. If, yeah, there's no injury or anything, I don't think. They just... Well, um, decided against taking the date. As far as preparation goes, what Bilal is going to get over there with Canelo because he's going over there to prepare with him for Golovkin again. Man, you couldn't get a better preparation. And um, being so young, it's um, certainly going to just uh, – it's just going to excel him so, so much. Um, be interesting to see what Bilal does do when he comes back. Has there been any word since the call-out happened? Which call-out? Uh, your one? No, he called out. Oh, he got called out by um, Ron Murdoch this called time. Called out by Murdoch, Foley, Bilal. Yeah, and your <laughs> did you reply to that? I, I don't think I've. I think you filmed the reply, Mickey, Richard. didn't you? Yeah, I know. I just, has it aired? I, don't, I haven't seen it. Oh, Rowan's Rowan's one. I think it, yeah. it was on. Yeah, yeah that, on the on that, fight call yeah, out that, was it? Yeah, yeah, that particular call out come totally out of the blue. Um, I got a call from fight call out, and they said that. Roel Murdoch wants to call me out. I'm already booked to fight Kerry Foley. So we, uh, well, my understanding was that the OPBF uh, alerted um, Rowan Murdoch's people to the fact that he had become your mandatory and would they like to make an approach about that fight? And they answered yes. And outside of that, really, they didn't do too much um, aside from... No. Well, I, I, think, I know I got a phone call asking who was representing you and I, I, I wasn't 100% sure. I think, I um, think that they've been looking for me. They're looking for me as an opponent and they they had alerted the OP... They had tried to get in contact with the OPBF. The OPBF hasn't contacted anyone. They've tried to get in contact with the OPBF and they had... They, well, that's they, not my they, understanding, Jay, but these are semantics. Well, I'm the OPBF champion, so when oh, I so, speak... So you run, I, their, you I, run their email I, account, do you? Yes. yes, and when I speak, you will listen, Ben Damon. That's a part of the... Um, <laughs> that's a big part of being an OPBF uh, champion, champion yeah. is the email. It is the day-to-day. You do their filing... Every- Everyone, every see that's the thing. Everyone thinks it's so glamorous to be the champion, but if you actually knew what it takes to be the OPBF yeah. champion, I think you would. Um, yeah. I think you'd think twice. All right. So, Ultimately, you're a tea lady. Uh, yeah. So you know. As far as, far, as, far as, as, as I, 
as far as the whole call out and everything goes, my mandatories are Roel Murdoch and Bilal Akaway because Bilal's the silver champion. <laughs> if we get past um, Foley, we've got a big fight lined up, which will make the fight with myself and Roel Murdoch or Bilal or whoever at the start of 2019 even bigger. You've got to be tight-lipped. I don't tell anyone anything now because this last fight got taken. The last fight that I was meant to be in got taken away from me because someone that I spoke to spoke to somebody else and then now I'm, I missed out on, on a payday. So that's why that's why I'm tight-lipped and I can't say much about that because you just don't know who's talking to who. Because loose lips sink ships, Jade. That is correct. Now, yep. Mickey, hit us with the segue. What are we talking about now? Hit us with some segue knowledge. <laughs> do it. All right, well, in what was a surprise move for me, Chris George announces his retirement after his loss to Josh Kelly. Yep. And Mark Lucas yeah. announces his retirement. Yeah, it's um, interesting, isn't it? I think Chris George is uh, 28 and Mark Lucas maybe, um, oh, I don't know, around there. Um, so, yeah, they've both decided that they have had enough of professional boxing. Um, Chris George obviously came off uh, the biggest test of his career against Josh Kelly. He um, he busted his hands in that fight, and I think ultimately the hands are what um, made him decide that might be enough. Um, he's got quite a successful um, fishing business or fishing um, goods business uh, in, in Queensland, so he's he's off to concentrate on that. He makes um, good money out of that, so he doesn't really need boxing, I believe. So good luck to him. He, uh, he had his crack at the top level and um, obviously came up just short against Josh Kelly, but he does have... A Commonwealth title um, that he won previously, obviously upset Cameron Hammond. He had that big win against Bowen Morgan in New Zealand, which was sort of his breakout um, victory. And uh, he fought here in Sydney against Jack Brubaker in a, an interesting fight as well that we had him losing. But uh, he got out of that and ultimately got his chance in the UK and um, couldn't quite uh, find the big shot against Josh Kelly. But uh, no shame in what he's done in his career. And it's great to see him be able to go out uh, on his own terms with uh, his faculties completely intact and onto some level of uh, business success. So that's great. Mark Lucas only had, um, well, nine, I think, uh, professional bouts, never reached any great heights and was filled with potential after representing the Commonwealth Games. But um, he's decided he doesn't want to continue. He's a big, tall middleweight. And we were looking forward to his fight with Ronald Quinlan, which unfortunately was... Uh, was called off and uh, Mark went, well, that'll do. I'm out. So he's off uh, into the sunset. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty well, that's pretty well it in a nutshell with uh, Lucas. It's just, there's so much potential there and um, he's just struggling with finances, with, with everything wants to, wants to get on with life and um, start making a dollar because it's extremely hard to get the support as a, um, as a professional fighter in Australia. It's nearly non-existent. So, um, I can, I can, I can relate to, I can re- relate to Lucas's, Lucas's um, pain there. Don't you retire? Don't do it. No, no, no. Don't do no, it. No, no. I've, I, 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 I have it. got no. I've, with everyone, I'll be fighting until I'm ninety with everyone who wants to, everyone who wants a piece of the so matter. Don't call out since we've been on. It's. Mark Lucas just called you out. He wants to come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> so the only way I'm staying is if the matter will throw down. He's, he's emailed the OPBF. Yeah, I'll um, I'll check I'll um, check the emails this morning and um, we'll get back to Mark Lucas. <laughs> but um, yeah, the potential the potential that Mark Lucas had, and I'm lucky. I've got some brilliant sponsors, and that's what keeps me afloat. But um, it's not really a sport you want to hang around in. If if there's no if there's no direction, 
And if there's no money in it, man, it's so tough. Like how hard all of us fighters who are trying to have a real crack, how hard we actually trained, um, the injuries, you physically, mentally, you're just getting beaten up week in, week out. And um, just the, sh- the shit that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see, it's, it's a tough, tough way to make a living. And I've got respect for everyone who's having a crack. I know we touched on this earlier, but the Billy Dib and Tevin Farmer fight's coming up pretty soon, actually. It's only a couple of weeks away. We know that Dib's been training in Thailand, which is an interesting move. You know, I guess the the heat and the humidity, training alongside Brock Jarvis. Yeah, well, Jeff Fennick, he's training now. Um, and Jeff loves um, to take fighters to Thailand and um, to make use of training camps over there. He took Brock Jarvis and Billy Dib. Um, Brock actually had a fight, um, I think it was, was it maybe last week? Um, and... Yeah, he he's had another victory, but um, and he'll be on the undercard as well at the uh, Dib v Farmer camp. Um, I, I've just messaged briefly with Billy Dib. He, he sounds like he's had a good time over there. He's enjoying it. He's um, constantly saying how rejuvenated he feels, and obviously this is a massive opportunity. It's a legitimate world title, and he takes on um, Tevin Farmer, who himself is a, an interesting story, like a guy who had a lot of losses early, sort of slipped through the cracks, never looked like really amounting to too much, but now he's got a shot at a world title, and... Um, He's been through plenty as well. He was shot at one point as well, um, Tevin Farmer, and he's uh, had injuries and all sorts of bits and pieces. I think he um, he tore both of his biceps in in a fight only a couple of years ago, but he's still there. And now he takes on Billy Dib, who obviously has had a, a, quite a ride himself. He won a legitimate world title. He won an IBO belt as well. And um, then he, he suffered the tremendous hardship of the loss of his wife. And, and since then, he's just sort of tried to find his way around the sport. And now, um, what a fairy tale it would be if at home in Sydney in front of his um, friends and family and all those who have supported him, which the great Jeff Fennick um, in his corner, if he could come and snatch a, a world title um, and possibly end his career shortly on that sort of a note, it would be fantastic. So, yeah, August 3, I, I'm sure there's still some tickets available. It's at the um, Technology Park at Everly, Redfern, otherwise... Um, I'll be hosting it live on Fox Sports um, alongside Anthony Mundine, I believe, um, which I'm looking forward to. I fly back into the country uh, from overseas uh, that morning, so I may be a, a bit scratchy, but um, really looking forward to the atmosphere and uh, hoping that Billy can do something pretty special. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Jade, how do you rate Billy's chances in that one? Um Look, as Ben said, he's a legit world champion. He's got all the experience. He's feeling rejuvenated. Tevin Farmer is not a known puncher, so he's going to have the confidence um, to take it up to Farmer. Um, Farmer is such – have you seen much Farmer? He's such a slick, elusive southpaw. Yeah. Like, he's just a nightmare for anyone. But um, Tib's a real deal. He's been there before. He knows what it takes. And um, – it really seems like under Jeff Jeff Fennick, he really does seem refreshed and recharged, and just change. Just he's changed. Yeah. Sounds like he's changed things up a lot in training, and um, has got himself in great shape, uh, physically and mentally. So I think I think Dibs a really good chance um, to bring this title back home in front of his home crowd, and um, yeah, what a what an amazing journey it's been for. For Billy the past few years with some of the hardship he's been through, it would just be great to see him do it. I think he's a good chance, a very good chance. Yeah, it's interesting seeing him going in against a, ultimately a very defensive style of a boxer here. He's um, 
his most recent um, big fight losses were Takashi Miura, who's obviously mm. a, an animal, um, and Evgeny Gradovich, who uh, turned out to be an animal in both of their fights. Um, so with someone who's going to be um, using a lot of head movement, going backwards and ducking in and out of the way, like Tevin Farmer, I wonder what we see from Billy Dib. Does he turn back the clock and start to look like... Um, the you know the animal he was at times in those middle stages of his career when he was the world champion um, will he be chasing and and trying to be aggressive is he is he that fresh or, or does he box and um, try and um, out slick farmer I, I'm not sure I, I sort of lean towards him being quite aggressive particularly early in this fight and who knows what can happen. Well, with Jeff Fennick in his corner, I'm sure Jeff will be telling him to bullying him and to use his body. And, yeah, and that is – you took the words took the words out of my mouth, Mickey. No, I guess you've got nothing Weird. to say then. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. well, you, can, you can leave then. All right. Um, yeah, right see you, yeah, see we'll get Bilal right. on. Jeez. Jeez, Mickey. Go on. Say something, dude. Fuck. Oh, come on, <laughs> At least he's dirty. He's not your advisor. Everyone else is. Yeah, yeah advisor. Just, and just practically just called me out too. Come on, come on, Mickey. <laughs> now he he will be he definitely will be aggressive. And if the yep. the one the person he's training with has there ever been a more aggressive all out action fighter than Jeff Phoenix? So yeah, he's certainly um he's certainly got the man for the job in his corner. So uh, he's going to have to be aggressive against a slick, defensive minded Tevin Farmer. I don't see him being able to out slick him. But he does have the speed and he does have the experience and he's got the experience in his corner to really put it on Farmer and take the title home. Yeah, it'd be great, um, not only for obviously Billy Dib, but it'd be great if uh, Jeff Fennick could be a world champion trainer again. Um, obviously, since the days of Team Fennick, he's sort of dipped in and out of um, training. Um, Brock Jarvis is one who he has been committed to throughout but now with Billy Dib as well it does appear that um, Jeff has a greater commitment towards training fighters at the moment which is good to see because um, Australian boxing is better when he has uh, a major place within it and if he has a world champion and another fighter on the rise in Jarvis then he's well and truly back amongst uh, the sport which is uh, which is really good to see. Yeah, definitely. And uh, moving on to the next of our upcoming title fights, I'll be at an interim title fight. Carl Frampton and Luke Jackson uh, have gone a bit back and forth on social media, something to do with the Irish watch sponsors that Carl Frampton took offence to. Yeah, did you see this? I'm not sure if you guys no, saw that. Really. No, no, too busy. Yeah, too, too busy answering emails with Yappy Bev. <laughs> It's all spam. No, um, so uh, Luke Jackson um, put out an open call for sponsors ahead of this fight, which will take place at Windsor Park um, in Belfast on August the 18th. And um, some Irish watch company came back to him, their TWLV watches, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll sponsor you for the fight, no doubt, because you'll be over here and um, that'll be good. And Carl Frampton saw it on Twitter and blew up and said, what are you doing sponsoring him? Why don't you sponsor some of the local talent instead? Um, support your own, all that sort of stuff. And um, the watch mob went back and said, well, we do. We sponsor a couple of blokes on the undercard as well, but we thought we'd sponsor this bloke. Um, essentially, why don't you mind your own business? <laughs> and then not only did they say that to Frampton, but they also called him Carlton in their tweet, which I thought was a nice touch. So um, I don't think that is his name. I think they just... Um, Gave him a bit of a dissing. So, Jacko's got a watch, uh, a bit of cash, and a world title shot. 
Seems like an odd thing to get offended about, though, isn't it? It really does. Yeah, borderline xenophobia, yeah. isn't it? It's a, yeah. it's a bit build the wall, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, but maybe he was just looking for some banter. He did fire back to a few people who wrote back and said, uh, why do you care? Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it, it, uh, I don't think... Um, I don't think Jacko bothered responding. I think he's just, you know, looking at his new timepiece. <laughs> hey, do we know who? Um, do we know who Fury's fighting on the undercard? We do. Yeah. How do you feel about it, Mickey? Um, oh, I forget the bloke's name, but um, <laughs> <laughs> not, not the most exciting of a fight. Yeah. Um, I know it. It. Rhymes. He's a heavyweight this time. We know that. Yeah. So he's fighting against a bloke called Francesco Pianetta. Right. Who's thirty-five and four. Um, he's fought against a, a lot of um, good names. Uh, not for a little while, but he uh, got stopped in the first round against Ruslan Shigaev in twenty fifteen, and he also went six rounds before he was stopped um, for all the belts against Klitschko in twenty thirteen. More recently, though. He was stopped by Kevin Johnson, um, and in his last fight, he was beaten in most rounds against um, some ten and O uh, German chap. So, you know, he's no superstar. no. And Kevin Johnson is at the end of his career as well, as well past his prime. Um, so to get stopped yes. by him at this stage of his career it doesn't give me much confidence that it'll be very competitive against Fury. Well. Since then, um, Kevin Johnson, who obviously fought on the weekend um, just gone, has been stopped by um, uh, Joshua. No, no, uh, Kevin Johnson has been stopped since his fight against Pianetta. He's, he was stopped by that same guy who I just called a German, who's actually Croatian, and then um, beaten emphatically by Andy Ruiz. So, yeah, not not great form for Pianetta going into a fight with um, with Tyson Fury. Jade, before I cut you off, is there anything you want to add to that? No. All right, moving on. <laughs> I was just trying to be dramatic. Nah, nah Fury's, mate, I just, I love the fact that he's that he's back, but um, uh, when when's he going to fight someone real? When's he really going to fight someone? Yeah, exactly. But if, have you seen a recent photo of him? He's lost, he's trimmed down even more since his last fight, so... You know, last fight was obviously just a fat camp for him. Nothing left, sir. So he can hopefully this time be working on his fundamentals no. more and hopefully give us a better performance than the last. Still a spin out for what a big unit the guy is, how well he moves. It just it doesn't yeah. it doesn't look real. Like when you watch him in camp and stuff, hitting the pads and how slick and sharp and everything is, he's um I'm just hanging for him to step up and take on one of the other big guns in the heavyweight division. There's so many fun fights to be made. But Yeah, um, he moves well, but he's not like a Joshua who carries all that muscle weight. You know, he's very – his body type's a lot like a dad body. <laughs> just, you know, so. <laughs> uh, right. so he's nice and so, – nice, yeah, nice, 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 so. nice and nimble like a dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, if we're going to talk about that heavyweight uh, fight, then um, should also mention um, coming up pretty shortly before we'll do another episode is that uh, Joseph Parker Dillian yes. White fight, um, which is going to be on main events in Australia. It's been announced as well, so that'll be on uh, early in the morning on the 29th of July. 
Um, really good looking fight. We've talked about it before, but um, Joseph Parker, he's looking pretty big. Um, he's looking very muscular in um, what I've seen of him just uh, recently and obviously ready to go and uh, bang with Dillian White. It looks like a great fight. I do have uh, Parker as a favourite in that one. Um, I think if he can box sensibly um, like he did uh, essentially against Joshua, then maybe he does beat White. But, gee, White can punch well to the body and it, it looks a very... Um, a very, mm. very good fight. A very, very dangerous white. He, as we all know, he had Joshua in trouble. Um, what do you do, our boy, uh, Big Daddy? But um, it'd be interesting to see. You said Joshua has put a little bit of size on. That is one. That's one of the places. That's one thing that he's missing in that division. He's just so much smaller than the other than their champions at the moment. Um, Parker, yeah, yeah, no cause, doubt. Is, that's because yeah. heavyweights today are just giants. You know, back in the day, he would have yeah. been, you know. An average heavyweight. But as far as the tools, his smarts, the slickness, the speed, um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's the real deal. So it'll be good to see if he's a bit more mass, uh, if he can actually manhandle White. I, I don't really see him manhandling, but it'll be good to see um, a bigger version of Parker, what he brings to the table. Now, if the Deontay Wilder fight doesn't happen with Joshua, the winner could potentially get the Wembley fight in April against Joshua because well, I think this is sort of built as almost an eliminator well, in a sense because it's such a risky fight. Shouldn't it be, but because isn't isn't White the mandatory for the WBC? Isn't he the silver champion and the top contender? Dominic Brazil, I believe, is the mandatory. Oh, is he? But White's the... Yeah. yeah White's it's the, a mess, yeah. that situation. It, it really is. Yeah, so who knows what's going to happen? You know, the the Wilder fight could happen in April, but if it doesn't, it looks like it might be the winner of of White and Parker. And I'm sure Eddie Hearn's hoping that it is White because yeah, over there that would be a pretty big rematch. There's a lot of narrative behind White seeing such an improved fighter since the Joshua fight and all the rest. Yeah. So, gee, you'd have to do well to spin um, another Joshua Parker fight. Uh, just because, and obviously it was largely to do with the referee, but aesthetically it was not a good um, looking fight. Um, it would be hard to to sell that one again so soon after the first time around. Maybe if Parker comes out and demolishes Dillian White, yeah, and, then he's back you know, it, it's, it's palatable. And, I, and I'm not saying I don't want to see it. Like I'd love to see Parker get another shot. I really like him, and, and I think it's a good fight. But um, yeah, just promotionally, I. I I know they'll be shying away from from trying to do that in uh, in any quick time. Well, Dave Higgins has stipulated for this fight for the Parker White fight that both sides have to agree to a ref. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to make a difference, but I guess it's well, it'll mean we won't get that bloke again, which is um, that really was, all that matters. Yeah, that exactly. was so painful. Yeah, he was horrendous. Um, that same day, uh, at least Australian time, um, the 29th of July, there'll be a fight on Fox Sports, which is a really good one, which is Mikey Garcia yeah, for the WBC uh, lightweight title against Robert Easter Jr. So two undefeated uh, stars of the sport. Um, and that is a that is a really, really good fight. So that'll be on um, Fox Sports uh, that day. So you've got the... The pay-per-view in the morning for the um, White Parker fight and then later on the same day via Showtime. Um, from midday, I think it is, on Fox Sports 501, uh, you'll see that card. So, good day. Great. Well, hopefully we get closer to seeing the Mikey Garcia and Lomachenko fight. I guess that's... Yeah. You know, he's yeah, yeah. Awesome. Unless we see um, yeah, yeah, Lomachenko back about that. 
Yeah, but what would happen there? There'd have to be a catch weight, right? Yeah, yep. So that's just they'd be fine to do that. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good looking fight, and yeah, it obviously means a lot for for what happens going forward with the rest of uh, that division. Who are you picking with uh, Esther and Garcia? Obviously, I'm picking Mikey Garcia. He's he looks to be one of the top pound for pound. Yeah, I'm Garcia. I'm such a fan. Can't go past Garcia. I am such a huge fan. I um I love the way he goes about it. And uh, always those big tall rangy guys because I'm not a big tall rangy guy. I find that's cheating. So I'm going for the little guy. All right, yeah. Moving on with the World Boxing Super Series, we've had two big names added to the tournament: Nonito Donaire and Oya Inui. Huge names and a massive ask for Jason Maloney if he was to progress to the next round. Yeah, what do you guys think of that? Well, the, yeah, the entire tournament's absolutely yeah, stacked. Yeah, what a tournament. And, um, Go, Jade. It's just every big name in that division is in it. It is yeah. by far, for mine, it's the most exciting Super Series that we've had yet. Um, and as uh, I think we touched on that when Jason was on the show with us earlier earlier in the year, he actually um, was over there training with uh, Nanino Donaire. So... He's uh, familiar with him, but uh, he's got his work cut out for him with Rodriguez, the IBF world champion, um, first up. Yeah, he does. Um, Anui is the uh, the one in the tournament. Uh, he's the one to beat, no doubt at all. But, uh, yeah, the addition of uh, Nanito Donaire is, is an interesting one. Um, they have been talking about uh, whether or not he was going to take a place and, uh, yeah, did get announced in the last week or so. So, yeah, what, what a tournament it uh, does make. And no matter where you go, uh, in the first or second round of the tournament, they're very, very tough fights. So Jason has his work cut out, but um, we really hope that he uh, progresses through that first round and we really hope as well that that fight does take place in Australia, which is still being uh, worked out. Um, regardless of what happens, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I believe they're off to work out the official um, draw and everything this week in Russia, aren't they? To announce all the other fights? Yeah, yeah. Off to, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, how good would it be if we did get that fight here in Melbourne? Unreal. Yeah, it's so yeah. good to see because yeah, the World Boxing Super Series has had a lot of success and a lot of attention to it. So it's good that it's shining a light on the bantamweight division just to bring the profiles of all the fighters in that division up. So it's, you know, it's good to see and I hope they continue with this trend. No doubt at all. Jason Maloney, Jason Maloney belongs at this level too. I think he's been brought along perfectly and... Um, it's his time to shine. It's just such a huge thing. I hope everyone gets behind behind the guy and um, we could have a new world champion come October. Could have two by then. Yes, two IBF Italy. world champions, yep. Uh, so yeah. huge, huge, um, huge moment for Australian boxing. Yeah, great stuff. Very true. All right. Oh, we covered it all there for you, Mickey. I think we have. Is there anything else you fellas would like to add? Finish up. Any comments? Um, no, mate. I think I think we covered everything. Jade, I just want to say again. Um, there you go. <laughs> I wish you all the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm off. Um, I'm I'm going to be over overseas for a little while now, so um, I won't talk to you fellas. Please don't contact me. Um, but. <laughs> I look forward to getting back and the Dib v Farmer fight uh, taking place. Looking forward very much to that. And then uh, I'll see you fellas in Melbourne and we'll uh, we'll get the camera out and put one of these up, eh? That'd be great. Sounds good. We'll uh, have to work right. out who our next guest is going to be. All right. No worries. I'm thinking Kerry Foley. That'd be interesting. I'm yep. thinking Bilal Akaway, but 
I'm thinking both of them. And, Ra- and, and Ryan Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah, get Rowan down yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Else? All right. Oh, Sounds good. That wraps it up. Powered by Everlast. www.everlastboxing.com.au for all your Everlast gear. Choice of champions. Choice of the Matador. Yeah. And if you want to contact the Matador, it's jade at opbf.com.au. Just uh, <laughs> send one through. We'll be back to you within five minutes. Yeah. Uh, probably a little bit longer. I'm a bit snowed on. Very busy. Very, very busy. <laughs> He's got to be in. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, some following. All right. <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Have a good one. Thank you, everyone. That's it from us. Ta-ta. Thanks, guys. See you next time.